It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. Fears are mounting that Hong Kong may be hit by a fifth wave of coronavirus as dozens more infections are linked to a gym in Saing Pun. 21 more pro-democracy figures accused of subversion are to remain behind bars and Beijing defends its plans to overhaul Hong Kong's electoral system amid growing international condemnation. Health authorities are warning that a rapidly expanding cluster of COVID-19 cases centred on a Saing Pun gym may have already started multiple chains of infection, sparking fears of a fifth wave of infections in Hong Kong. The Centre for Health Protection says it has now linked 64 cases to the Ursus gym. Many are professionals from various sectors who officials here have already brought the virus back to their offices, restaurants and other places. Here's the centre's Dr Chuang Chuk Kwan. Many of them were in the central and Hong Kong district. So involved various occupations such as banking, finance, lawyers and various occupations. This is challenging because there's a lot of cases pop up in one or two days. They may have already went to various places. Many of them also went to restaurants or sometimes bars to drink with their friends. So it is difficult to recall all these activities. And also we need to trace them to find out who are them and and put them under quarantine or advise them to go testing. Authorities confirmed 60 new coronavirus infections for the day, with 47 linked to the gym cluster. It's the highest daily figure in a month and a half. As part of efforts to limit the spread, authorities have ordered staff at all gyms across Hong Kong to get tested for COVID by Sunday. A government advisor on the pandemic, Professor David Hoy, says the growing outbreak centred on the Ursus gym could bring a fifth wave of COVID-19 to Hong Kong. Timmy Sung reports. Professor David Hoy from Chinese University says the growing cluster is almost like a repeat of the outbreak at dancing and singing studios, which triggered Hong Kong's fourth wave of coronavirus cases when hundreds of people were infected. He says the gym outbreak can safely be described as a super-spreading event. Professor Ho says it remains to be seen whether there will be a wider community outbreak in the next two weeks, and it is therefore too early to say if all fitness centres in the city should be closed. The government has now tightened measures for gyms, requiring everyone to wear a mask except when showering or eating. 21 of the 47 pro-democracy figures charged with subversion under the national security law will continue to be held in custody after West Kalu Magistrates Court upheld its decision to refuse some of them bail while others withdrew their appeals. Vicky Wong reports. The 21 defendants were among 47 pro-democracy politicians and activists accused of holding a primary vote for the now-cancelled LegCo elections last year, with prosecutors saying their goal was to win a majority in LegCo and then paralyse the government. In refusing bail to the 11, Chief Magistrate Victor So said he was not satisfied that there were any major changes to the defendant's circumstances to justify a different decision. Some of the 21 reserved their right to file an appeal to the court again next Friday. Only five of the 47 have so far been freed on bail, pending their next hearing in late May. A senior mainland official overseeing Hong Kong affairs has given assurances that some pan-democrats would still be welcome in a new-look LegCo that will emerge from a proposed overhaul of the SAR's electoral system. But Jiang Xiaoming added that only patriots need apply, and those who are anti-China or inclined to filibustering or brawling in the council would be excluded. Maggie Ho reports. 
Speaking at a press conference at the capital, the deputy director of the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office said Beijing isn't trying to eliminate different voices in politics by ensuring that the SAR is governed only by patriots. Zhang Xiaoming stressed that the central authorities aren't trying to enforce uniformity in Hong Kong's social and political life and pan-democrats can still stand for election. He spoke through an interpreter. Anti-China destabilizing elements cannot be simply equated with pan-democratic candidates. There are also patriots among the pan-democrats, and they can still participate in the elections and be elected in accordance with law. He said people can rest assured that Leshko would only be more broadly representative in future, and lawmakers can still criticize the government. You're listening to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past 11. Tung Chi Hua, a vice chairman of Beijing's top advisory body, the CPPCC, says the proposed changes to the SAR's electoral systems don't target any particular political camp or party. In an online speech, he also said expanding LegCo to 90 seats, some of which will be chosen by the election committee, means there will be more political discussions and the legislature will become more representative and inclusive. Many Western countries, however, have condemned the proposed electoral overhaul, calling it a step backwards for democracy. Vicky Wong reports. The United States, the European Union, Australia and the UK have all spoken out against the planned reforms. US State Department spokesperson Ned Price described the changes as an assault on core Hong Kong values. We condemn the PRC's continuing assault on democratic institutions in Hong Kong. The changes approved by the National People's Congress are a direct attack on Hong Kong's autonomy, its freedoms and democratic processes, limiting political participation, reducing democratic representation and stifling political debate in order to defy the clear will in Hong Kong and deny their voice in their own governance. He also said Secretary of State Antony Blinken won't pull any punches in scheduled talks with his Chinese counterparts in Alaska next week. There will be some difficult uh, conversations, I would uh, expect. The European Union, meanwhile, has said the NPC decision will have a significant impact on democratic accountability and political pluralism in Hong Kong and warned Beijing it could take additional steps to address the matter. Australian Foreign Minister Maurice Payne, for her part, said the overhaul will weaken Hong Kong's democratic institutions. And former Taiwan President Ma Ying-jeong also weighed in, saying the planned overhaul spells the death of one country, two systems. Veteran Democrat Emily Lau has criticised RTHK's decision to abruptly pull an episode of a TV show covering the electoral overhaul planned for Hong Kong, saying it's a very alarming and unprofessional move that harms the broadcaster's reputation. She was one of the guests on the ditched episode of the LegCo Review that was originally scheduled to air last night. RTHK has not explained why the episode was pulled and replaced by a rerun, saying only that the director of broadcasting and senior management will exercise their editorial responsibility to review contentious programmes prior to broadcast. Ms Lau says the new head of the station, Patrick Lee, needs to clearly explain the decision. It is a very, very big story. So if they do something on it and they interview different people, that's understandable. And then to just pull the program like that at the last minute, it's very, very alarming. And it sends a very bad signal to the community that a program like that, which I'm sure it's very balanced, it could be 
destroyed just because of the whim of the director, I think. Uh, you can ask him to confirm. I, I think that is very, very unprofessional. Journalists at Macau's largest broadcaster, TDM, have demanded a meeting with the station's management after they were ordered to stop putting out news and opinions that aren't in tune with the authorities, including on matters related to Hong Kong. Cecil Wong has the story. Sources told RTHK that editorial directors at the Portuguese arm of the station, which provides a public broadcasting service, read out a nine-point set of guidelines during a meeting on Wednesday to around 25 reporters and producers. A small English news team is also under the Portuguese section. The guidelines require TDM staff to promote patriotism, respect and love for the country. They state that the public broadcaster is an information broadcasting body of the central government and the Macau SAR. Another of the rules says TDM supports the fundamental principle that the Hong Kong SAR is governed by patriots. The journalists were also ordered not to disseminate information or opinions contrary to the policies of the central government and the measures adopted by the Macau SAR. One of those present at the meeting told RTHK the directive simply kills press freedom and no facts or opinions against any official policy can be reported anymore. The TDM employee who asked not to be named said an editorial director had warned reporters that anyone who doesn't abide by the new guidelines risks being fired. Following the meeting on Wednesday, more than 20 journalists signed a petition demanding an urgent meeting with TDM's Executive Commission for clarification. RTHK understands that the commission agreed to meet staff representatives on Monday. In a statement, TDM said it has not changed its current editorial policy and the public broadcaster will continue to fulfill its social responsibility and adhere to the principle of patriotism and love for Macau. It also says it reserves the right to pursue relevant responsibilities in accordance with the law. The ICAC says it has arrested 24 people suspected to be part of an alleged plot to illegally transfer small house rights to a developer to build a large-scale property project. Wendy Wong reports. The graft busters said it had received complaints that some indigenous villagers, a number of middlemen and a developer had conspired to make false claims to the government when applying to build small houses in the new territories under constitutionally protected Deng rice. It said some suspects had falsely claimed that they were the sole registered owners of specific landlords and that they had made no arrangement to transfer the rights to build homes there to a developer. The small house policy allows male indigenous villagers to build houses in the new territories, but only on their own land. The ICAC said the developer allegedly offered the indigenous villagers tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of dollars as part of the alleged plot to build what it described would have been a sizable property development project for profit. During the operation, the ICAC searched a number of premises, including the offices of the property developer and the law firm. Turning overseas, Aung San Suu Kyi's lawyer has rejected junta allegations of corruption against Myanmar's deposed civilian leader as groundless calling it illegal mudslinging by the generals who seized power from her. The BBC's Michael Bristow reports. Myanmar's new military rulers have accused Miss Su Chi of taking $600,000 and 11 kilograms of gold. It's the most serious charge laid against the former leader, who was detained when the army seized power last month. Her lawyer said the allegations were a joke. He said Aung San Su Chi had her weaknesses, but personal greed was not one of them. He said he'd not yet been allowed to meet his client to discuss the charges against her. Meanwhile, on the streets, the protests against the military coup continue. 
Joe Biden says he's putting America on a war footing in the battle against the coronavirus pandemic as he announced that the country would have enough supplies to vaccinate the entire adult population by the end of May. In his first primetime televised address since becoming president, Mr Biden said he would instruct every state to make all adults eligible for the vaccination by May the 1st and urged everyone to get the jab. He said better days lay ahead, but people must work together. If we do all this... If we do our part, if we do this together, by July the 4th, there's a good chance you, your families and friends will be able to get together in your backyard or in your neighborhood and have a cookout or a barbecue and celebrate Independence Day. After this long, hard year, that will make this Independence Day something truly special. The coronavirus has killed half a million Americans. Defending the 1.9 trillion US dollar stimulus bill he signed into law, Mr Biden said the economic relief package would help the country recover from one of its toughest and darkest periods. The World Health Organization says there's no reason to stop using the COVID vaccine produced by AstraZeneca. The WHO statement comes shortly after Bulgaria and Thailand joined three Scandinavian countries in suspending inoculations with the vaccine. They were reacting to reports of blood clots in some people who'd received the shot, though there's no evidence of a link. Yesterday, the European Medicines Agency also backed the use of the AstraZeneca vaccine, saying the benefits of using it outweighed any possible risks. To sport now, and with a preview of this weekend's English Premier League football action, here's the BBC's John Bennett. The North London derby is the star attraction in the Premier League this weekend in what's been a tough season for 10th-placed Arsenal and 7th-placed Tottenham. But things have been a lot more positive for both clubs in recent weeks. Arsenal have won three of their last four matches in all competitions. Meanwhile, Spurs are on a run of five victories in a row and they're back in contention to qualify for the Champions League next season. Jose Mourinho's side are just five points off the top four with the game in hand. One of the clubs they're chasing is Chelsea, who are looking to continue a really strong start under their new boss, Thomas Tuchel, when they face Leeds United. They're yet to lose with Tuchel in charge, winning eight of their 11 games. Elsewhere, Manchester City can increase their lead at the top of the table to a remarkable 17 points if they beat a Fulham side who are full of confidence following their win over Liverpool. Second place Manchester United can cut that gap when they play 24 hours later, but it's a really tough game against fifth-placed West Ham. And Brighton are under real pressure. Despite some good performances this season, they're now only outside the relegation zone on goal difference going into the game against struggling Southampton. The BBC's John Bennett with that preview. A reminder of our top stories tonight. Fears are mounting that Hong Kong may be hit by a fifth wave of coronavirus as dozens more infections are linked to a gym in Saing Pun. 21 more pro-democracy figures accused of subversion are to remain behind bars and Beijing defends its plans to overhaul Hong Kong's electoral system amid growing international condemnation. The news from RTHK. Thanks to Todd Harding. More headlines at midnight.
with me you'd go Now you've changed your mind it seems Someone else will hold my dream of white Sport coat and a pink carnation Fifty-seven country and western tune, uh, words and music, uh, both uh, written uh, by Marty Robbins, uh, recorded in, uh, in in January of uh, the year nineteen fifty-seven. And uh, Marty Robbins, uh, he was an American uh, singer, songwriter, and actor. And uh, he was uh, Marty Robbins, a NASCAR racing driver as well. Interestingly uh, enough, here's the Beatles. Yes, I'm 